Between a controversial finish at the end of the Louisville-North Carolina game and discussing more possible head coaching options, there's a lot to talk about on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to the six-month anniversary of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA announcement work for the university. And I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. It was an eventful day on Tuesday. We'll start out talking about the 90-83 loss that the Louisville men's basketball team suffered at the hands of the North Carolina Tar Heels. But I really want to break down the controversial calls in the last minute of overtime in this contest, which has social media and Cardinal fans rightfully furious. I will then transition into what we've been doing the past couple episodes, identifying and discussing two possible coaching candidates for the Open Louisville men's basketball head coaching position. In this episode, we will discuss Purdue's Matt Painter and Ohio State's Chris Holtman. And then the final segment, we will discuss the women's basketball's um, very close win over Miami on Tuesday evening and discuss what all happened down in crunch time in Coral Gables on Tuesday evening. Uh, Before we get into the content of today's show, be sure to check uh, myself out and... um, the podcast uh, out on all socials. Uh, you can follow my personal Twitter in the graphic at the bottom left hand of your screen. The podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. North Carolina Tar Heels defeated the Louisville men's basketball team 90-83 to on Tuesday evening. It was very close. It went to overtime. And um, let's just say that there were some questionable calls, to say the least. Look, I- I'm going to be... Completely transparent here, I don't ever feel comfortable blaming an outcome solely on officiating. That that's not how I roll. I think it's a lazy take. I think that it, it's a you know excuse to fall back on a safety net, because at the end of the day, you know there's always a reason or a couple reasons why a certain team didn't win a game. Yes, you you can go out and say that officiating maybe you know, ensured that result. But at the end of the day, I don't necessarily think that it, it 100% caused it. You know, there would have to be a, you know, a blatant one-sided affair in terms of officiating and, and 99.999% of games just don't reflect that. But I will say in, in last night's game, uh, you know, against the North Carolina Tar Heels, I've never come away from a Louisville game feeling you know, feeling the way I did. And, and what I mean by that is I've never come away from a game and been that frustrated and disappointing at a, and disappointed at officiating because, you know, um, although it doesn't determine the outcome of the game, it definitely affected the flow. We'll talk about, um, you know, there were three plays, um, you know, that I want to focus on. Number one, they com- the, offici- the officials completely missed Armando Baycott uh, blatantly tripping Jared West on a, fa- a fast break um, you know, layup that ended up getting, I believe he got Jalen Withers the bucket. But Jared West got 
completely pulled down. There was no common foul. There was no intentional foul. It was 100% more than just a common foul, but um, the officials missed that despite being on that end of the court. Uh, Most notably was the jump ball between uh, Matt Cross and um, Armando Baycott to where Carolina was up three after a made after a made bucket, but I think it was Leaky Black that hit the three. Both teams went down a couple times and um, couldn't score. And then Louisville, uh, a missed shot from I think it was L. Ellis or yeah, I think it was it was one of the, it was someone that that shot the ball. And um, there there was a rebound. Matt Cross goes for it. Armando Baycott goes for it. They you know they they both hold the ball at the same time. It, it got a little heated. Um, Matt Cross was pushed to the floor. Uh, Jalen Withers, quote unquote, pushed Armando Baycott, who you know flew halfway down the court. Um, but I, I'm being obviously uh, you know a little sarcastic, but all good jokes contain true sentiments, as as the old saying goes. So um, you know, breaking down that play, I'm okay with the you know, the no call on the Matt Cross pushing down. I don't think that there was any malicious intent. You have to understand, you know, it's, you know, it's a very heavy atmosphere. You know, a play like that, a jump ball can determine, you know, a win or a loss with there being a three-point deficit with like less than, you know, less than a minute to go, just under, you know, just under a minute. Um, Matt Cross was um, not called. The push on Matt Cross was not called as um, blatant. I'm okay with that, but um, Jalen Withers was called for a technical foul. Um, on the Armando Baycott push, which got um, the Tar Heels two free throws and the basketball. And, um, you know, let's just be completely honest. Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm okay with not calling the technical foul on the Matt Cross push. I don't think it was blatant. It looked worse than it really was. But Jalen Withers turned around. Um, yes, he touched Armando. He, you know, I, I would say that it, was, it wasn't necessarily a shove, but he definitely kind of pushed, pushed his arm in an outward motion. But anyone with two sets of eyes could tell you that that was not a blatant, you know, it it wasn't a blatant push in the fact that, you know, Armando went flying back, you know, arms flailing, uh, sold the call. I mean, it's not, you know, that that's not rocket science to understand what happened there. It was, it was for lack of better terms, a flop that wasn't called, but instead was called technical foul in Louisville. Louisville was down by three. And then um, you, you see what that did in terms of the momentum. Unless Jalen Withers is the strongest human being on earth, the the a little push that's like, it, it I mean it was just kind of like a you know I mean not not necessarily anything to where you're going flying across the court. I mean Armando Baycott is not a small guy. I mean he's like what close to seven feet tall. I mean he had 22 rebounds for a reason because he's really really you know he's strong. He's got a ton of athleticism for his size. He's um, you know, very solid in terms of boxing out and stuff like that. So he's not a small guy. And Jalen Withers, who's probably comparable to his size, maybe even a little smaller, um, you know, extends the arms outward, and Armando gives a Oscar-winning acting performance. And, you know, I, I can't say that I blame him because at the end of the day, you will do anything to, to, help, your win, to help your team win. So I'm not, you know, necessarily, you know, calling Armando a dirty player or anything like that because of the flop. What I am saying is I'm 100% on the officials because of that, considering the, you know, the circumstances and to make matters worse, Louisville goes down. Um, they get the rebound, get fouled, make two free throws, um, get the ball back. And, um, the Cardinals go down. Matt cross shoots a three. It's off. 
Sidney Curry's going for the rebound, um, but Armando Baycott, um, you know, basically it's like the has like his arms kind of outstretched, but it's like over the neck, and they call Sidney Curry on the hold, and there's no way because Sidney Curry's hands are going outward toward the basketball, and it was a hold. Mike Pegues got you know teed up for you know being you know visibly upset with the call, which was probably the right thing. But I definitely agree with you, know, Coach Mike. I mean, you definitely. I mean, that's – I would be upset too. Probably would have got tossed if it was me. But ultimately it was, uh, you know, it was it was the you know the combination of questionable calls and it was the worst display of officiating that I've seen probably ever. I'm not sure that I've ever seen calls blown like that. The three straight calls, the first one being a little bit more discreet since it wasn't, you know, as blatant to see. But the next two, all eyes are on the – all eyes are on the play – and they completely botched the technical foul calls. And not to, you know, to make matters worse, they reviewed it for nearly five minutes. I mean, it was close to about five minutes of review time because you have to get this call right. There's no call on the on the Matt Cross falling down, which I was okay with. But in in turn, it's very obvious of flop. I mean, he goes falling back, and there's no push to warrant that type of you know body flailing. And there's there's a technical foul called instead. So I was extremely frustrated with that call. I think that it completely altered the momentum here. Uh, the Cardinals did have their opportunities, but ultimately, you know, looking into this game, L. Ellis, 25 points, really caught fire in that second half. Uh, you know, went five, you know made all five of his three pointers in the last um, you know 20 minutes of regulation. A four for four from the line. He did shoot eight for 21, so not the most efficient, but he was incredibly clutch in this one 25 points to lead the Cardinals uh, Jalen Withers had 12 I really liked what I saw from him um, you know Sidney Curry had 10 points and six rebounds Matt Cross had 13 points made three of five of his three pointers he had 15 rebounds shout out to Matt man you know we Matt has gotten some criticism as of late you know not been able to shoot the ball as good as you know we thought he would but 15 rebounds against a team with a ton of size like North Carolina you know definitely shout out to him I love what I saw from those four guys um, Noah Locke didn't necessarily shoot the ball all that well. Um, Sam Williamson had two points. Uh, Gabe Wisnitzer had zero. Jerry West had five. Um, North Carolina did not get a single point from their bench. Three guys appeared. Zero of them scored. Uh, Brady Manick, uh, who was incredibly clutch down the stretch, 24.6 rebounds. Armando Baycott, 19 points, 22 rebounds, and that kind of you know, makes it you know, even more obvious that Jalen Mother's pushing him isn't going to send him to the three-point line, you know, flailing like he got, uh, you know, hit by a, a bus or something like that. Or, you know, you, you see what I'm saying. You know, like, like I said, no dis, no disrespect to, to Armando because at the end of the day, you know, you do what you can to help your team win. He's just competing, you know, his hardest. This is more directed toward the officials because Armando was very solid all night long. 19 points, 22 rebounds. So you saw that he he got his way most of the night. Um, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love combined 9 for 33 on the evening. Um, and I believe it was uh, 34 points. And uh, Leaky Black was 4 for 4 from the field with 13. So overall... Very winnable game for Louisville. This was one that I think they should have won, but as you can see, why officiating is so important in this one. But you know, shout out to the cards. You know, the the energy was there, the fan atmosphere was there. You know, there's definitely you know some revitalized you know juice and energy back into this program, and we're just looking to finish the the season out strong. Shout out to L. Ellis, who's going to be on an All ACC 
all ACC team next year, possibly with Sidney Curry as well. Um, transitioning into, you know, what we've been doing with the coaching search, we'll talk about how feasible of options are uh, Purdue's Matt Painter, Ohio State's Chris Holtman here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Built Bar. Look, it's it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes good. You'll want to eat it. You know, you want to eat healthy. Sometimes it gets boring. You know, where we're at now, the second day of February, you're thinking to yourself, maybe it might just not be worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, good news is Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, all of them are healthy as well as just plain, downright delicious. Um, and there's so many flavors to choose from, from coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, salted caramel, etc. cetera. Um, a ton of limited time flavors that you can check out at Built.com. So do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, moving forward into the coaching search. Um, we're continuing. There hasn't been a ton of news so right now, um, you know, until we hear about more concrete candidates, although it seems like Kenny Payne is the overwhelming favorite, um, there haven't really been anybody outside of Bruce Pearl that's been truly linked to the job. There's been some initial rumors and stuff like that. Two of the coaches that were involved in those rumors are Purdue's Matt Painter and Ohio State's Chris Holtman. We'll talk about why. Both are good options for the job. I'm just not necessarily sure the chances that either one end up as the Cardinals head coach. We'll start out with Matt Painter. Painter currently at Purdue. As people know, he's been there since the 05-06 season. Um, overall, he has a win percentage of about 68%, 398-192 as the head coach in West Lafayette. 13 seasons, zero Final Fours. Uh, he's 15-13. and 13 in the NCAA tournament, uh, most notably in 2019, where they were just, uh, you know, just a couple plays away from making the final four that year against the eventual national national champion Virginia Cavaliers, which was an incredible game, one of the best games I've ever been to. You know, shout out Carson Edwards for setting the Yum Center on fire, uh, metaphorically speaking. Um, but overall. I love Matt Painter as a coach. You know, some Louisville fans have given me crap like Matt Painter. He hasn't necessarily done anything in the NCAA tournament. True. He has not made a Final Four, um, but when you talk about possible candidates realistically and who's available, I think Matt Painter is kind of in that tier of probably the best, you know, one of the best coaches that you could possibly go out and get. Um, you know, he's 51 years old. There's been questions of whether or not he would truly want the job. You know, he's a native of Fort Wayne, Indiana, so maybe he wants to stay in the Hoosier State. But um, ultimately, Louisville is a better job than Purdue, although they might not have have, have had the you know as much success as the Boilermakers have had since 2017-18. The Cardinals are still obviously a better program. That shouldn't really come as a shock to anyone. Uh, that's no disrespect to Purdue, by the way, either. But Matt Painter, you know, coaching style-wise, he's very defensive-minded, very def defense-centric uh, as a coach. He really stresses both half-court and transition defense, taking care of the basketball, rebounding, etc. Um, but one of the things that I found interesting when reading up on Painter's coaching tendencies is how well he is able to, you know, construct his coaching philosophy based upon the uh, personnel on a certain year's team. And I think that that's really um, you know something that is incredibly valuable is to have a coach that can adapt on the fly and be you know isn't forcing a um, you know 
a, a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, metaphorically. So I, I like Mike uh, Mike Painter. Who knows? Um, yeah, Mike Painter be good too. Matt's younger brother. I don't know if Matt has a younger brother. But you get what I'm saying. I like this option. I do think Matt would be a, a great fit at Louisville. I think that um, his teams play extremely hard, and you know they're very solid. Um, but you know it, it would drive some Louisville fans off. It would kind of be uninspiring due to the fact that you know Painter hasn't necessarily uh, you know made a Final Four in thirteen seasons, despite having some good teams. And um, but I will say that I think he'd be you know more equipped for better success at Louisville than he would be at Purdue right now. I think his buyout is about one million. Um, his contract goes to the end of the twenty three twenty four season, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the buyout's at about one million. One million. He's making about you know around three million annually, which you know Louisville was paying Chris Mack for. So he is. I think you know he checks all the boxes for what you would want. You know, as a head coach of Louisville, a pretty respectable recruiter, considering you know he's at Purdue. Um, but I don't think that necessarily he has been an option that has been talked about a lot, and he hasn't been one that's you know been rumored past some initial conversations. Uh, another guy that hasn't really been talked about a ton, maybe just a tad bit more than Painter, just because of his roots to Kentucky. That's Ohio State head coach uh, uh, Chris Holtman. Holtman is a native of Lexington. Um, has a you know coaching record. He's won about sixty two percent of his games. Uh, twenty two hundred and fourteen and one hundred and thirty four. He's coached at Gardner Webb, Butler, and Ohio State. He spent three seasons at Gardner Webb. Made the NCAA tournament all three years at Butler. Uh, you know five years at Ohio State. Um, you know four previous. He's made the NCAA tournament every single year. They probably would have made it the COVID year when they were twenty one and ten. Um, they were 19th in the AP poll and, you know, as high as number two that year. Currently they're 13 and five. Um, this is kind of one of those things to where there, there's some mixed opinions. Number one, you know, at 50 years old, Chris Holtman has won everywhere that he has been. He's, you know, brought a ton of energy to each program. He's, uh, you know, been discussed as, as a calm figure, but also, you know, brings what a program needs, whether that's energy, whether that's, you know, just a, um, you know, a calming figure or, you know, a unification guy, you know, something like that to unify a fan base. You know, Chris Holtman ha- has been a, has been a guy that's been able to develop players. He's, you know, very solid on both ends of the court, especially on the defensive side. Um, you know, he's a player's coach. Guys love playing for him. And, you know, he, he's just a winner. Until you get to the NCAA tournament, that is where most that's where most of the gripes that I've seen from the Louisville fan base come about. He's at he's at the point where you know, last year they were a number two seed in the tournament. They lost to number fifteen or Oral Roberts. I don't think he's necessarily. You'll have to forgive me. I don't think he's made a. Um, he hasn't made a Final Four. He's six and six in the NCAA tournament. I don't think he he may have made. Uh, he hasn't made an elite eight is what I'm trying to get at. I forget if he's made a sweet 16 or not, but there has been a lot of success in the NCAA tournament. That's kind of made a, you know, some Louisville fans like kind of wince a little bit. I do think that, um, you know, he is a, a pretty solid candidate. I think that he would obviously consider the job considering his Kentucky roots. And if it, you know, makes you feel any better, if you're a Louisville fan listening to this, every time someone talks about when John Calipari retires, or leaves Kentucky, Chris Holtman is always one of the names that is brought up in the conversation due to his roots that he would be considered. I think he's a very good X's and O's coach. Uh, he's a solid recruiter, um, but I, I think that he wouldn't necessarily be uh, you know, um, a, 
a substantially inspiring hire for the fan base. Now, granted, there aren't that many out options out there that would inspire this fan base because they're looking to swing for the fences. But I do think that he is a good option. I think his his buyout it's it's something crazy. It's um it's his buyout is the severance packages of all three of his full time assistants combined. Now I'm not sure the uh, the dollar figure on that. It was twelve million before Ju- uh, June or July 2021. Uh, but now I th- from what I read, I could be completely ignorant and be you know 100 wrong with this. But you know at this point in time, it looks like his buyout is all three of his full time assistants severance packages. So who knows what that is? He's making around what Matt Painter is making. Um, you know, around that three million ish per year. So, yeah, that's both Louisville. You know, to make your know, matters short and you know, right to the point, Louisville can afford both. Um, they would both, I think, would be pretty solid here at Louisville, especially Matt Painter. But I don't necessarily know the plausibility of it right now, just considering that there aren't that many. Like there, there hasn't been a ton of news outside of Kenny Payne being the clear cut front runner. There hasn't been a ton of news in the search. Um, Josh Hurd came out uh, yesterday and said that um, the program had not conducted an interview with uh, Kenny Payne yet. Um, so th- there's kind of a, um, some conflicting reports. Um, so it, it it begs the question, you know, where where is Louisville's mind at? You know, is Kenny Payne the guy that they're looking at? He's definitely the overwhelming fan favorite. So we'll continue to, um, you know, keep – our ears close to the ground. Hopefully we get some news here shortly. So um, in the last segment, I want to transition over into the women's basketball side of things where the number four Cardinals inched out to the Miami Hurricanes on Wednesday evening down in Coral Gables. It was an electric finish. We'll discuss what all happened down the stretch in that one after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has had you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march toward the Super Bowl and right toward the big game here in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has had up-to-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. I want to take this time, as always, to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube. Just a reminder, I mentioned, just a reminder to the reminder, uh, there is a new Lockdown Global YouTube page that will be um, you know, in full effect probably at the end of this week. So keep an eye out on that. I appreciate the influx of subscribers, those that are watching the show on YouTube. Just you know, keep an eye out when the um, you know the new videos next week are put on YouTube. That is a completely different channel, so um, be on the lookout for that. And I'll keep reminding you. But um, into the final segment, the number four Louisville Cardinals defeated the Miami Hurricanes sixty-nine to sixty-six on Tuesday evening down in Coral Gables. It was a trap game for the Cardinals. Now I feel like every year Jeff Walls and company have had you know a game or games. That you know serve as a trap game to where the Cardinals don't necessarily play as good as they should, or you know a combination of them not playing as good and other teams playing very well, and they end up losing to a team that they shouldn't have. It happens every single year, pretty much, especially when they, um, you know, even when they've had the, their best teams, they've lost to some teams that they shouldn't have. Uh, 2019, they lost to um, you know Miami at home. That was a game that they should have won, but. Um, 
you know, last year it was uh, Georgia Tech. There was a couple. I think they actually ended up beating Georgia Tech. But um, this year so far, there hasn't been that case. But this game against Miami definitely posed that possibility. The Cardinals trailed by nine in the second half of this game. Uh, it late down the stretch, and the Cardinals came back. It's where that good defense really came to play, and um, I was extremely impressed with the Cardinals' poise throughout. Haley Van Lith hit a couple big shots. She only finished with nine points, but was very solid. Emily Ingsler with seven, nine, and five. Um, Olivia Cochran, I thought, balled out 18 points, five rebounds. Her emergence as a, a big-time scoring threat for this team over the past couple weeks has been – you know, so huge for this team. Um, for you know, and, and this was a game where Louisville only got you know four points out of their bench. Uh, two from Liz Dixon, two from Acosta Robinson. Um, Kiana Smith was the star in this one. Tw- a game high twenty one points. She had seven assists, three rebounds. Chelsea Hall had ten points. Um, and Chelsea Hall had there. There was a point where the cards were down by. Two or no, they're done by one. It was 63 to 62. Chelsea Hall hit a clutch corner three, uh, with just just less than a minute to go in this one. Um, Miami went down, they hit a three. Olivia Cochran, um, got the ball in the post, did a little drop step to her left shoulder, and put up the layup. And it was, um, you know, it was a work of art. The Cardinals' defense after that was huge. I think it was. I think it was either – it was one of – I think it was Chelsea Hall that got the steal and um, it led to Kiana Smith um, ultimately hitting two free throws, and the Cardinals came out on top. This team's defense is absolutely incredible, even though, you know, in this one there were times where the team struggled getting going. I mean, they had you know, an eight-point lead in the first half and ended up giving it up. Um, they allowed only 30% from behind the arc. Uh, They out-rebounded the Hurricanes by six, forced 17 turnovers. But the issue for Louisville was the fact that um, they turned the ball over 15 times as well, and they fouled four more times. So, you know, just a couple key clutch plays put the Cardinals over the Hurricanes. They will now turn their attention uh, to Clemson, who they will play on Thursday of this week. Um, but, you know, great stuff from the Louisville, men, Louisville women's basketball team. I should say not men's basketball team, but great stuff from them too. Very impressed with what Jeff Walls and company are doing. They're tied for first in ACC play at the moment with a loss for the NC State Wolfpack coming to the Notre Dame Irish also on Tuesday night. And it's funny because that, that score was also 69 and 66. Um, that sounds kind of weird. Rubbing it on the, um, rubbing my hand on this, uh, this wooden surface is weird. Just, I, I didn't fart or anything like that. Um, sorry, it takes me a little while. But Louisville, uh, well, I mean, the it, ten and one, nine and one, so they're they're a half game back. So so they they would technically have to win um, to get to there. But the Cardinals do have Notre Dame twice. They have North Carolina. So it's all really about handling business down the stretch for the Cardinals. But um, loving what I'm seeing from that team. And I you know, am very, very just overall, um, you know, just overall grateful to have Jeff Walls here at the University of Wool, which I feel like I say every day. So we talked about um, the controversial finish in the game between Louisville and North Carolina men's basketball. Um, you know, discussed the 
possibility of Matt Painter and Chris Holtman as the Louisville, as the Louisville men's basketball next head coach, and also talked about how clutch the women's basketball team was down in Miami on Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll get back into the coaching search. We'll continue with two more candidates, so be sure to check that out. I also want to give a couple quick shout-outs first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can check out those record-breaking episodes at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked On um, Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. Today marks the six-month anniversary of the launch of the Locked On Global podcast. I still remember recording the first episode um, in a, a vacation rental in Destin, Florida with a house full of people and trying to find the time to record. Um, and we've come a long way from adding it on YouTube to you know having over 125 episodes it's been one hell of a journey that i'm very fortunate to be leading Um, i appreciate everyone you know sincerely that is listening that is subscribing that is rating that is sharing you know the podcast on all social media platforms and all podcast streaming services I, i can't tell you enough how much i appreciate you if you have any type of suggestions on content on whatever I can do to make the show better. Some guest suggestions as well. Definitely hit me up on Twitter, defense underscore, or the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.